thanks for coming here to start, start your year. Um, you're always welcome at Providence Church. My name's Jacob. We're just um, honored and humbled that, that you would come and, and um, see this as a place where you could hear from God and, and grow with God. Uh, Mark mentioned when we started, I just want to reiterate that we will be uh, starting our Thursday night services back this Thursday night at 6.30. It really is a great time, and we found it as a way uh, for many people who, who aren't able to come on Sunday morning uh, to come on Thursday, and, and also uh, a great alternative for you, maybe if you usually come on Sunday, that when you can't come on Sunday to come on Thursday night. Um, this Thursday, I want you to know it's going to be a really uh, fun night we're kicking off, and so we'll have sort of a party afterwards, just kind of having fun. We'll have some special stuff there. Uh, for our friends from Juice Bar are going to have some, some items there, Chick-fil-A, um, I, which they said, don't tell them that we're going to have Chick-fil-A, because I think they think all of you will come, but it's just nuggets, nuggets, that's like, if it was sandwiches, that'd be intense, but it's just nuggets, probably, probably not very many nuggets, just a small amount of nuggets. Uh, we're going to have some dessert from a really cool place called Candied Ribs. So we're just going to have some fun stuff, and uh, we'd love for you to come help us kick that off. It helps to have people who, are, who come to Providence regularly to come when there's a lot of new people coming just to, to, to help be welcoming and have that environment. And I am uh, praying for and asking, I've done this you know, each time, for 100 people or families that would commit to coming for the first month or even two months of Thursday night. And what that does is just creates a great uh, environment for new people to come, and it also helps us uh, on Sunday morning when we're full uh, for you to come. So I just offer that to you if you or your family could, um, even if that's a sacrifice, to think, you know what, we're going to go, and you can tell your kids why. You know, We're going to go on Thursday nights for a couple months. I uh, hope that you'll do that. On, on Christmas Eve, uh, you guys brought $241,205.30. <laughs> And uh, yeah, if you're, uh, if you're new with us, the reason everybody's clapping is because we give every uh, penny away, 100% of that. Uh, yeah, it's crazy, isn't it? We talked about, as we ended our year last year, that we would want to be a people who sow generously. And um, the, the biblical principle we saw in that is those who sow generously reap generously. And this isn't even for us. We're just reaping the kind of spiritual harvest of, of what God is up to, and, and I just wanted to say thank you to, to you all. This is, um, I don't know, exceptional that, that the, uh, people believe in a vision enough to help people have life that we would, um, that you would give that much. That is a lot. It represents, it's crazy, it's like this represents more than 10% of our 2019 budget, so it's like just a tide just like going right back out, uh, out the doors, and so just fantastic, uh, which means that this community in Nicaragua, San Martin, uh, we'll have access to clean, safe drinking water over the next year or two. The project will just be starting. And um, what that means, I'd love for you just a moment, just try to picture this community. It's in the rural part of Nicaragua, even if you've never been there. It's sort of a dusty place, but a beautiful place. Uh, and these communities are families that have lived in the same place for generation after generation after generation. There's 278 people in San Martin. They've never had access to clean, safe drinking water. And so picture it, you know, walking in, there's kids everywhere. The old people are sitting on the front porch. Um, there are women carrying water on their shoulders. And sometime in the next week or so, there's going to be a representative from the organization we work with that's going to drive a motorcycle, most likely, into this place and say, there's some random church in Tennessee who loves you so much that they want to see you thrive. They want to see you live. They want to see you have the best. 
And so then there will begin, and we're going in February, but they, really that community will be the ones who puts together a whole water system. The men will come home from the fields in the afternoons, and they'll begin laying pipe uh, to each home. There'll be this big water tank putting up on a hill. It's a gravity-fed system. And then eventually, this will take a while. This is a, we have to believe this until we see it thing. Eventually, there'll be a spigot in every front yard, about 50 homes. And so just try to picture it, right? Children who are sticking their face under it in the middle of the summertime. And a mama's washing their babies. And worship and laughter and all the things that happen in a community but now, um, simple things like a part of this project will be putting a stove, a fuel-efficient stove in every house that pumps the smoke out. So right now, they cook their food on the floor of their home with wood. And so it creates lots of lung problems for children because of smoke inhalation. And so this whole project uh, just brings life to a community of people. Um, thank you. I told you that would cost $60,000. That's what we estimate that will be. And then the other thing uh, that we're going to be a part of is this ready initiative for our community to see churches partner with schools. And the thing I have to tell you this morning is my faith was, when I first came before you guys and I was all at my chest out, my faith was too small. And I told you that it would take 60000 to start the project, which was true. But actually, the agreement that we have with the organization who will be running this and the school system was for a three-year agreement which would be $180,000. And I, I didn't have that in me. I just said, what if we did 60000 and we got this thing going, and then we'll, we'll have faith for the next two years, and what God provided is everything for San Martin and $180,000 for the full funding for the project for the next three years. <laughs> so... God is expanding us, expanding our dreams, and that means we're going to need you to go into the schools and read to the children and help hungry kids make sure that, that they're, they're getting fed and the food pantries are filled up. It means we are going to come alongside exhausted teachers and help empower them to do the thing they're gifted and called to do, and that the people of God in this community are saying to 20,000 public school students that you matter, that you're not alone, and we want to make sure that you have everything you need to thrive in your life, to live into God's dream for your life. So thank you, Providence Church. And let's just take a moment in prayer just to, to give thanks, and I'll try to pull myself together. Oh, thank you, God. You have given us a dream, but you have provided the harvest. And I thank you for the faithful people of this church you've given. And we have big dreams for what you're going to do um, for your people, for your children. And so let it be a seed, not just a food or water or clothing, but a seed of faith, a seed of the Holy Spirit, that there'll be a great harvest that you'll work uh, through this offering in Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen. So uh, there are things uh, that families say over and over, and one of them, our, our church family, we say, uh, we'll believe in something until we see it. So the, the world says, I'll believe that when I see it, but people of faith say, actually, I'm going to believe this until I see it, and that's what sort of this Nicaragua thing and the school thing, I mean, right now, there's just funding for those. There's a lot, a lot that has to happen, and so it's, we're believing in something until we see it, and Pastor Mark preached a sermon actually right before Thanksgiving, talking about how actually the dialect of the Christian community is Thanksgiving, but, but also within that, he was saying, that we have things that we say, that we pass down. And so one of those, that line, we'll believe it until we see it. What we're embarking on this month is another one. If you're new to us, some of you will know this, but we say to each other, you are brave, you are strong, you are known, and you are loved. It's something we remind each other of. It, it hints to us of our identity in Christ, which is what we'll be talking about. But we tell each other that. You're brave, you're strong, you're known, you're loved. It's, it's um, 
It's something, you know, you catch somebody's attention sometimes and say, hey, sister, you're brave, remember? Like you're reminding her. Or, or to, your, to your family, like, hey, you're strong. You're strong. They're not feeling strong. That's why you're saying it, right? Or to our kids, we say, you're known. Or like, no, 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 no. You're loved. Like sometimes to our kids, we have to remind them. They're, they've heard something else, maybe even heard something from us, and they're thinking something. No, 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 no. You are loved. So brave, strong, known, loved is, is something we're going to be talking a lot about. And that, those words started from a simple story I told a couple of years ago. I'll retell it really quickly. And it came from uh, taking my daughter Phoebe to school, who at the time, she didn't really like school. And so we had this ritual that we would do. You know, parents, sometimes you have a ritual, right, to be able to just get that door open for them to step out of school. And so we would pull around and we would see Rutland Elementary. Uh, Phoebe would say, welcome to the torture chamber. That was kind of her greeting uh, for the school. And then I would reach back and take her hand and pray this prayer. It's a prayer Rachel and I wrote when we were first married. We commuted one hour opposite ways. And so we have this family prayer that we say, and it goes like this, oh Lord, this day we praise you for our life. And this day we commit our life to you. We thank you for our sweet Lord Jesus who gives us passion and purpose. Lead us this day by your Holy Spirit to be committed to you and to each other. Forgive us of our sins and renew us to new life in you. We believe by faith that you alone will sustain us today. Help us be a light to your people and hold us safe toward together again. Amen. When I say amen, Phoebe and I will play this game where she tries to pull her hand out of my hand. And by the time she pulled her hand out of my hand, the teacher would open the door and I would just kind of nudge her out, right? (laughs) And then Phoebe gets out and I've told you guys this, she would face me before walking in. She would just turn and face my car with this expressionless look and wave and just offer her hand like this. (laughs) Like a soldier going to war, you know, just... And in that season, Phoebe was in first grade, I think, and uh, her teacher, or Rachel, got a call from school, from Rutland Elementary, and she picked it up, but it was Phoebe on the line. Phoebe's just calling home from school, and she wanted to come home. She just wanted to come home. And um, Rachel said to her something like this, you know, two more hours, baby. You got this. You can do it. And, and that's when she said something like, you're brave, you're strong, you're loved. You see, Phoebe's teacher didn't let her call home so that Rachel could come pick her up. She called her so her mom could remind her of who she is. And Because when you know who you are, you can do things that are hard. And, and so brave, strong, known love. Uh, really, our worship pastor, Jenny, wrote the beautiful song that has those words in it. We've been singing it. Uh, we have T-shirts. We have new T-shirts this morning if you want to get one that say brave, strong, known love. One of the saints of our church named Joanne passed away last week, and she requested to be wearing that T-shirt when she was in hospice when she died. On her chest, brave, strong, known love. So it's a thing for us, is what I'm saying. It's a thing for us. And that leads me to this scripture that we'll be studying this month. And it says this, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. You hear it? Your struggle is not against flesh. Your struggle is not against your school. Your struggle is not against the place you go to work. Your struggle is not against a, a, a foolish boss or a forgetful husband or a political party or the person across the aisle who thinks differently than you. We always want to make the battle be about flesh and blood, but this has opened us up to a spiritual thing. It says our battle is against the rulers and against the authorities and against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms, which is kind of weird, right? It's like, okay, we need a, like, we need a therefore. Like what? And so he gives us a therefore. Therefore... Put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, 
So just a few things I want to lift up. It's, it's evil is real. The devil is real. And the battle is real. I know that sounds weird. It's like, Happy New Year, Jake. That's where you're starting with. It's like, but it's, just hang with me for a minute, okay? The Bible's really clear about this, that there's good and there's evil, and that there's a spiritual realm of things happening that we can't see. And I know not everyone in this room uh, believes in that, and that's okay. It's kind of weird. I get that. But there, you know, for us to think there's an actual spiritual realm of good and evil out there, um, and what I would say to you is, yes, you know, George Lucas didn't make up the concepts of light and dark and good and evil. It's in every good story because it's in the story. It's in our story, the real story. So I'm not going to try to convince you of this in a moment, but I, I would ask you just as you start this year, would you open your mind and heart to believe that evil's real, that there's devil is real, we'll look at that, and there is a battle that's real, and the battle is for you. The evidence is all around us. I guess I will do a little convincing Violence, oppression, division, lies, abuse, destruction, you see it. And so if you want, we can just chalk that up to chance. But what happens when we look with spiritual eyes is something a bit different. I remember when Rachel and I were first uh, beginning to start a church, we didn't know how to start a church and we didn't have a church. And so we went to a training uh, for people, for pastors on how to start a church. And one of the first things they told us is they said, if you don't yet believe in evil, and that there is a spiritual battle, start a church, and you will. <laughs> and what they meant by that is if there's going to be a, a, a gal like her or a guy like me that says, I'm brave, I'm strong, I believe God's calling me to something, I believe God's la- asking me to lay down my life for this dream that God has for me, if you want to do that, then get ready for a fight. And Rachel and I began to see that. The more we stepped out for God, the more the devil revved up his schemes, and they were foolish schemes that would get us, you know, right before, before God would, would do something really big in our church and we would know it was coming, we'd get sideways with each other. Right? So we're, we're fighting with each other when we should be fighting against the devil. That's a good trick. Right? And, and all those kind of things that kind of get you in your vulnerable spot. Now, I'm not saying that every bad thing that happens we should blame on the devil, okay? It's like, spill my coffee, not today, Satan. You know, I'm not sure... <laughs> That may be a bit too much. I'm not saying that we blame everything on the devil, but the devil is real. And I'm not, try- I'm not asking you, I'm not picturing a guy with a pitchfork and, uh, you know, some anthropomorphic thing. I don't know. But the, the Bible says that the devil masquerades as an angel of light, which means something that could look good or something that you're into, you might not even realize that it's a scheme that you're caught up in. It says that he wants to steal from you. And I'm your pastor, so I want to tell you about that that he wants to steal from you and kill from you and, and destroy you. So why is this important? Because most of the time, I think my battle is against flesh and blood. Most of the time, the struggle I'm in, I'm thinking of somebody else's fault. Most of the time, when you're in a struggle, you think this is against flesh and blood. So you get, you're mad at your boss, you're mad at your husband, or you're mad at your mom, or you're mad at the guy in the tractor trailer truck who doesn't understand the traffic patterns in Providence, right? It's like, yeah, like you didn't know that lane was going to end. You could see it. You're like sitting up high and stuff. It's obvious. And if we can be tricked into being mad at him, I'm mad at flesh and blood, then I don't acknowledge that there's actually a real spiritual battle at place and a spiritual life. And what happens is I start living defeated. So here's, here's what the scripture shows. It says that the devil has a method, a method. I'll let you fill in that blank, and then I want to look at the verse again. The devil has a method. Verse 11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. 
See it? The devil has schemes. The devil is tactical. He's not haphazard. The devil's not waking up every other year and thinking, oh, I think I might mess with him. No, he's working a method. Get Rachel and me sideways, I'm all the way off. I'm totally off, you know? Why is this important? If you're in a contest or a fight, you need to know the tactics of your opponent. And so if, if, if we're in a battle, if you don't understand your opponent's tactics, you'll get pinned to the mat. I have a good friend, one of my best friends, his name's Dave. He's my college roommate. He's the kind of friend that would call me up on a day and say, hey, can me and my boys come over tonight? And he did that over Christmas break. And I was like, yeah, man, come over. We'll grill up hot dogs. So he brought his boys over. I love his boys. They're like eight and 11. I don't know how they are. They're kids. They're boys. I've known them their whole lives. And, um, and I love these. They're like mine, you know? And since these boys were little, we've wrestled together. It's just sort of been our thing. Like, I just come in, wrestle with them. And so they came over to the house, and we grilled hot dogs. And, and I'm standing in my kitchen fixing my hot dog, putting chips on my plate, and one of those suckers just attaches to my leg, you know, out of nowhere. I'm like, all right, you know. And then I go a little bit. And then the other one, I don't know where he came from, just comes out of nowhere, and he's on my back. So it's on, right? And so, I mean, I even make an announcement. Dinner is officially delayed, you know? I got some business to take care of. And so I get down on the floor, and I'm starting to wrestle with them. And I don't want to brag, but I can, like, totally take them. See? And, and so, I mean, I've got them both just in, in a hole, and I'm insulting their father's family name and uh, all, all kinds of stuff. And we're just having this great wrestling match. And then, unbeknownst to me, Porter, who's the older one, he's 12, I think, he has taken off his sock that I think he's had on since November, and he puts it uh, around my face and in my mouth, you know, like a gag. And I was stunned, uh, disgusted, and impressed all at the same time. And the reason I'm telling you that is because in that moment I thought, I didn't know we were fighting like this. And if you're, in a, if you're in a battle, you need to know, right? You need to know how your opponent is fighting. And here's the deal, guys. You are in a spiritual battle. And what the Scripture is telling us is the devil is not fighting haphazard. He has a method for it, a scheme, and he fights dirty. And that's why when God is moving us towards something like the next breakthrough, I've been praying big time for 2020 and, 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 and journaling and in, in my prayer life just saying, God, I believe that this year is going to be the greatest year for Providence Church. I believe it's going to be the greatest year for my family. I've got some hopes for my own personal life of being able to set some things down and get free from some things. And you know what? The more that we start believing in, in a breakthrough, the more the devil is not pleased. And he's not going to come at us with a teasing taunt. He's going to figure out a scheme. And so for me, it often looks like this. You know, I overwork and I tire myself out and I get fatigued, which makes my struggle with anxiety intensify and I'm tied up in knots and I don't sleep well. Then I stop connecting well with the people around me that I love the most and the people that I work with. And then all of a sudden I'm having a pity party about myself because here I am struggling with the same old thing I've struggled with for so long where moments ago I was writing in my journal that I'm believing this church could transform the community and that children for generations could be changed and that we would come alongside the poor and, and the people who are on the margins and say that we love them and there's a place for them. And here I am now in a, in a pity party with my face to the ground. I've been tricked by a careful method, a scheme. And, and you need to know the devil has a method for you, but just think what happens when you can identify it when it's just starting, right? You see, the devil has a method to take you down a scheme designed just for you, 
and he fights dirty. But what I want you to see is it is not a scheme to take you out. He can't do that. Your identity is in Jesus. Your identity is Jesus. You are brave. You are strong. You are known. You are loved. The devil can't touch that. You've been bought with a price. He's already been defeated, don't you see? That's the secret. He's already been defeated. Jesus put the sock in his mouth when he conquered sin and death, right? He has no hold over you. He just wants to get you low enough down enough that all you see are your insecurities, all you feel are your weaknesses, all you remember is your past sin, and you begin to live a defeated life though you are victorious. What a trick. What a scheme. We live defeated when we're already victorious. So the devil has a method to take you down, but God has a plan for you to stand. If you're wondering, what's God's plan for me in the midst of the battle? The plan is for you to stand. Verse 11 says, put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Two verses later, it'll sound the same, but pay attention to the differences. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you've done everything, to stand. (laughs) Sounds to me like God has a plan for you to stand. When the day of evil comes, what can you do? Stand. What's the day of evil? That's, that's your relapse. That's the temptation of affair. That's the thinking you could tell a lie. It'll make things go smoother in the business deal. God has a plan that for when the day of evil comes, instead of you falling, and everybody in here is falling, but instead of you falling, you can stand. You can stand your ground. So um, I want you to know that because you're going to leave here and think, I can't stand. You can stand. So say that with me. Say, I can stand with me. I can stand. It's come out of your mouth. It's true. And and there's going to be something facing you, and you're like, what am I supposed to do? Here's what you're supposed to do. Stand. How? Power. Ephesians chapter 6, it starts with this verse. Uh, It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Notice the word finally. The reason that's important is because Paul's wrapping up the letter. Ephesians 6 is the last chapter. This is the last part of the last chapter, and he says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Paul's referring to all this stuff that he said before. In other words, if you go back and read the book of Ephesians, which I recommend that you do during this series, you'll see that this conclusion is just wrapping up everything that Paul has said in the first five chapters. Here's the prayer that Paul prays in chapter one, okay? So this is how he starts the letter. This is his prayer for the church, and I think it's the prayer for every church. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you. Imagine if that happened. If your heart was enlightened, you begin to see a spiritual realm around you, and you knew that there was a hope that God has called you to. The riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is the same as the mighty strength he, that's God, exerted when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. If you look at that first part there at the top, his incomparably great power for us who believe. There's a power for those of us who believe 
But when I read that initially, I think that's talking about, okay, I believe, I believe in Jesus, you know, I'm saved, so I receive this power, which is true. The Bible says we're sealed with the Holy Spirit. There's power there. But this verse, actually the tense of it uh, in the original language is sort of a continuing tense. So what it actually saying, Paul's saying is there's an incomparably great power for those of us who continue to believe, for those of us who keep on believing, for those of us who don't give up. What in the world are you doing here? You're continuing on. You're, you're staying in it. You're going to remind us that we're brave and we're strong. And so it's a, a continuing that we stay in. We're, I'm going to keep on believing. And then there is a power that's the same as the power God exerted when he raised Christ from the dead. Some of us need to take some ground back from the devil. So here's what this, the verse says. It says, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to, do you see it? To stand your ground. But some of us have given up ground in our life. How does that happen? It, it's slow, right? If it was dramatic, you'd be like, that's the devil in it. But no, here's what he does. It's a scheme. Inch by inch by inch by inch by inch. And then you're like, I'm a mile away from my spouse. How did this happen? Or inch by inch by inch, by inch, by inch, and you're like, how did this happen? I worked my whole life, I'm retired, and now my, I don't even, my children don't even speak to me. You think, how in the world did I get here? A scheme, inch by inch by inch. And what the scripture is saying to us is that God's actually given us power to take the ground back, to stand, to stand our ground. And so, it does mean you have to believe that there's some stuff going on that you can't see. And you also have to believe that God's plan is for you to stand with power, incomparably great power, the power that's the same as the mighty strength exerted when Christ was risen from the grave. We stand with power. So that's what I want you to know for week one. We're going to look at this armor over the next few weeks. It's going to be fun. I think it'll be helpful. I want to be clear that this isn't like uh, um, you know, anything about you know, being violent or this is, is that we are guarded by God and we have what we need to walk into the world and the battles uh, that we're in. Um, my prayer for us this year is that we will not live as the defeated people of God because that's not who we are. We'll keep our head up and that we'll stand. Some of you need to take some ground back. And the way that that's going to happen is through prayer and calling upon the power, not your own power, but the power of Christ that resides in you. That there can actually be things that can happen in your life that are supernatural, that are bigger than you because of what God has done. We don't live as the defeated people of God. We've been bought with a price. We can stand, and you can stand with power. We'll learn more about the armor, but today, just think about what would that mean for you to take some ground back? Take some ground back. So here, our verse for the year, we've done almost every year we've had a church, we've sort of had a verse to start our year that we carry through, and it's this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. We, you could, we could memorize that, right? Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Uh, some of you, at the end of the day, you're going to need to have that in you. So you can say, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Some of you are going to need to quote it at the start of your day. <laughs> you know, finally can happen at different times. Like you walk into work and it's like, finally, I need you, God. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Some of us, um, we need to go into the bedrooms of our children while they're asleep and, and, and pray this scripture over them. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Finally, our kids are in the midst of a spiritual battle. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power.
Somebody needs to take the hand of their wife this afternoon and say this verse. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Great things happen when we bring God's word into our life and begin speaking it over and and we find the strength and this power to stand. Uh, So let's pray together. God, thank you again for moving here, for uh, moving in the hearts of your church to be generous and to give. We thank you for the truth of your word. We pray for a strength this year that we can continue believing believing in you, speaking life into each other, speaking value into each other, that we could be strong in you and in your mighty power. We say all this because of our belief in Christ who came and went to the cross, was crucified, died, and resurrected. We come to communion with bread, broken bread, his body broken for us, a cup, his blood shed for us and for many for the forgiveness of sins. We thank you for a table that is open to all, And we come now to receive, receive power, receive life through Jesus. In his name we pray, amen.